0: Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, and we start with local news. Early Monday morning, Murray County fire units responded to a possible structure fire in the area of Les Robinson Road. The call originated as a potential electrical fire in the wall of the home. Upon arrival, responding units reported visible flames on the exterior of the home and quickly acted to contain the fire. The quick actions of responding Murray County firefighters and Murray County Sheriff officers saved the home from what could have been disastrous. Concerned Murray Countyans bust to the Capitol last week to rally to protect the health of the Duck River, unifying an otherwise unlikely electorate, while leaders hope to punctuate efforts to support the House's approval of a bill that would extend Class II pastoral river protections. House Bill 0447 will be heard by the House Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee this morning at 9 a.m. after being delayed last week in committee. Last week, nearly 300 Murray County residents, environmental advocates, and elected officials attended the committee meeting to hear the fate of the Duck River. Packing the committee room, many wore t-shirts and green buttons labeled Vote Yes to protect the Duck River. The bill would extend the Duck River's Class II pastoral river status, protecting it from intrusive development, such as a currently proposed solid waste landfill by Baton Rouge-based Trinity Business Group, The scenic protection designation would extend several miles along the Duck River's western side from Industrial Park Road to the Hickman County line. Trinity Business Group has filed three permit applications to construct solid waste processing facilities at the former Monsanto Company chemical plant Superfund site to be called Star Hill Eco Park. That would include a tire incinerator, sorting and shredding of demolition waste, and an energy recovery processing facility, according to the permit application submitted last summer to the Tennessee Department of Environmental Conservation. However, TDEC states that Trinity does not adequately describe what kind of energy recovery will be conducted at the site, nor addressed how it would handle liquid that drains from solid waste. In September, on September 9th, correspondence between TDEC and Trinity's consultant barge design solutions incorporated, TDEC advised Trinity's lack of an explanation regarding how it will dispose of liquid contaminants. Adequate detail on how liquids will be directed to a wastewater treatment facility were not provided. TDEC correspondence said said in the application barge solutions responded saying should treatment be necessary the water will be pumped and hauled to the local potw or disposed of through the city of columbia sewer system under an industrial discharge permit or treated on site once modified to address the additional inflow characteristics it said Murray County residents are fighting alongside Representative Scott Sapicki to keep the river clean for drinking and recreation, and out of range of landfill development. Supporters of the bill have sent more than one thousand emails, made flyers, and in growing number, continue to make the drive to Nashville to attend committee hearings and talk to legislators. Almost two hundred supporters of the bill attended the House committee meeting last week, but just as many are planning to attend the session this morning. The people of Murray County have a vested interest, Representative Sipiki said. This is not just some ordinary river. The Duck River has been named one of the most biodiverse rivers in the world, containing rare species of aquatic life, more than all rivers in Europe combined, according to environmental reports. Representative Sipiki said Friday in his five years as state representative, he has never seen such a high turnout of constituency for a bill. In the Senate, the companion bill, Senate Bill 0464, passed unanimously, 33 to 0, on March 13th, with no opposition. Senator Joey Hensley served as its sponsor in the Senate. In a previous committee hearing on the bill, owner and founder of Trinity Business Group, or the applicants, Sidney Bryan, spoke before the committee with attorney Tom White pressing the committee to uphold its existing landowner rights on the property in order to allow his company to restore use of an inactive landfill on 305 acres. Representative Sipiki criticized Trinity Business Group for basing some of its permit applications on an old map from which they determined their distance from Columbia and the Duck River. Some of Trinity Business Group's permits have been questioned by city and county elected officials as falling under the state statute dubbed the Jackson Law, which could thwart the development of the proposed landfills. The Jackson Law requires city and county approval before a solid waste landfill can be constructed within a mile of that city. The city enacted the law several years ago, which the county approved last fall. Brian and White argue the Jackson law is not applicable to landfills existing prior to the law's passage, as marked on the application. Trinity Business Group maintains that the location of the landfill would be convenient and help process waste, which is becoming more difficult as landfills reach capacity in Middle Tennessee, according to a letter attached to the permit application, also claiming that the facility would lead to cost savings for the public. This is your classic battle of the people versus big industry, Representative Sipiki said. Nashville-based firm Barge Design Solutions, Trinity's subsidiary, Remedial Holdings, LLC, filed a letter with their application on January 17th appealing to Marshall, Marshall Murray County Waste Management members and TDEC representatives. In the letter from Barge Division lead C. Jason Repscher, Trinity addressed the Marshall Murray Municipal Solid Waste Planning Regional Board explaining why a massive waste management site is needed as landfills fill up across Middle Tennessee. Star Hill Eco Park could be set on as many as 1,373 acres, according to the company's application with TDEC. The area falls in and around Monsanto Federal Superfund sites tasked for cleanup and rehabilitation managed by TDEC. The landfill park in question would be located at or near 2262 Monsanto Road and possibly fall within the TDEC 1,000-foot distance from a body of water rule for land developers. Trinity Business Group permits are pending with TDEC. Duck River advocates, elected leaders, and other Murray County landowners worry that the poisoning of this landfill could potentially undo 60 years of pollutant cleanup. Sam Kennedy, Murray County generational farm owner, spoke last week about his concern for his family's farm that has been in Murray County for almost eight generations. I'm here to represent my family farm on the Duck River, but also Murray County landowners for a scenic Duck River, Kennedy said. My children are the eighth generation to live, work and play beside the river. The land has been cared for for 212 years, and I'm already making plans to ensure that that legacy makes it to 300, he said. The Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Alderman voted this week to identify four sites within the city that are considered historically significant. Each of these sites were presented per the city's policy for identifying historical sites adopted last year, as found in the city's municipal code. The policy states that the Board of Mayor and Aldermen can approve these sites based on recommendations from the Spring Hill Historical Commission, as well as the property owner. The policy does not state any plans to preserve or renovate the proposed sites, but merely designates them as historically significant, as a means to provide a sense of commitment and continuity between the past and present, through the encouragement of preservation and protection of historically significant sites and structures, and to foster civic pride and historic recognition through the preservation of the city's heritage. It reads, There was a lot of work put into this by the Historical Commission to reach out to these landowners and have them apply. Alderman William Pomeroy, who also serves on the Historical Commission, said. The four sites identified Monday include property at 407 Mecklemore, known as Old City Hall and Fire Station, property in which the city has ownership. The second site is located at 5326 Main Street, known as the J.S. and Charlie O'Dell House, which is estimated to date back to the year 1900. John S. O'Dell was also part owner of the first grocery store in Spring Hill before dying in 1920. The third site located at 5276 Main Street is the Mount Hope Baptist Church, the deed of which dates back to 1831. The building was later used as a school primarily for young black children, where it remained active until the early 1900s. The fourth site was not a building, house, or former government office, but the old metal-arched Kedron Pike Bridge, located at McCutcheon Creek, created back to uh, dating back to the 1930s. If you want to see the bridge, you only have a few weeks before it gets all covered up in leaves, Pomeroy said. It's your only chance until next October or November, he said. All of these sites were adopted unanimously by the Board of Mayor and alderman members. In November of 2020, human remains were discovered in a wooded area off of Hood Road in rural Murray County. The remains were collected and sent to the medical examiner's office. No cause of death could be determined. However, forensic anthropologists were able to give investigators a potential timeline and profile of the Jane Doe. Murray County investigators were able to rule out reported missing females from across the state. In November of 2021, the sheriff's office began working with a private lab in Texas to obtain a DNA sample for genealogical processing. In November of 2022, information was received listing possible ancestors several generations back for the Jane Doe. Using that information, the sheriff's office was able to make contact with living descendants and began to construct a family tree. In January of 2023, with the help of local genetic genealogist Gina Rather, a potential identification of the Jane Doe was identified. After locating a nearest relative and collecting DNA, a sample was sent to the lab for comparison. On on January 26th, confirmation was received positively, identifying the Jane Doe as Amanda Newcomb. The Sheriff's Department is asking anyone with information or who had contact with or knew of any associates of Amanda Newcomb between February of 2018 and early 2020 to please contact the Murray County Sheriff's Office at 931-388-5151. Yesterday a ribbon cutting was held for Pleasant Home and Gifts in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee in Murray County. WKOM WKRM's Del Kennedy attended the grand opening and spoke with proprietor Kendra Nolan.
1: This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I'm on the square in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee at the Grand Opening and Ribbon Cutting for Pleasant Home and Gifts. It's a wonderfully restored building here on the square in downtown Mount Pleasant. It's full of antiques, China other interesting looking things. A pretty large crowd is gathered here. I'm speaking with Kendra Nolan, proprietor of Pleasant Home and Gifts. Kendra, congratulations.
2: Thank you so much for being here today. We're excited.
1: Tell us what you offer here at Pleasant Home and Gifts.
2: Well, we have a great selection of fun, home decor, gifts, antiques. Um, We have a little bit of everything for everyone.
1: All right, now, what, what's your specialty? What, what kind of who should shop here?
2: You know, we have tried to. We have two huge rooms that house the store, and we have tried to make it accessible to anyone of any age. We have things like jewelry, men's coolers, men's socks. We have gifts for everyone in your family, but also with an upscale feel. So people that enjoy English antiques might also like to walk in the store see what they can find.
1: All right. For more information, where do people go?
2: They can go to PleasantHomeTN.com, or you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook.
1: And your days and hours?
2: We are open Monday, 10 to 2, and Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5.
1: All right. Again, Delph Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm on the square of Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, speaking with Kendra Nolan. It's the grand opening and ribbon-cutting of Pleasant Home and Gifts. Kendra, congratulations.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
0: Columbia State Community College has been selected for a partnership grant with General Motors through the American Association of Community Colleges to support the Advanced Manufacturing Credentialing Program. I think this is a wonderful opportunity for Columbia State to increase our partnership with General Motors, said Dr. Janet F. Smith, Columbia State President. It's looking forward to identifying the training needs and programs for a changing manufacturing industry. We're excited to work alongside of GM and to be able and to be one of seven community colleges nationally selected to participate, she said. The partnership includes six other community colleges across the country that will share the best practices for integrating advanced manufacturing credentials. General Motors Corporate Giving is donating a $600,000 grant to the American Association of Community Colleges, who will then administer $40,000 to each of the colleges involved. We're innovating forward, and I think it's a really good opportunity for us to have this partnership, said Anton Busatil, General Director of Operations, Revenue Growth, and Efficiency-Focused Leadership at General Motors. This grant allows the American Association of Community Colleges to study and share best practices on manufacturing nationwide. I'm very excited for the opportunity to strengthen this partnership as we move forward, he said. Colleges receiving the grant will participate in an initial study to launch students into a higher skill set, bringing elevated wage opportunities. AACC will provide technical assistance as well as develop collateral for the colleges to offer thorough programs to elevate skills training for advanced manufacturing. Our community colleges are the key link between students and meaningful career paths, said Walter bumpvis AACC president and CEO. Working with respected leaders in the manufacturing industry, such as General Motors, will allow us to ensure that there is a solid bridge between skills education and the skills needed to succeed in today's modern manufacturing facilities, he said. Columbia State Community College will host former Congressman Bob Clement for a special presentation on March 30th at 4 p.m., Like his father, Congressman Bob Clement has enjoyed a remarkable life and career in public service, said Dr. Barry Gidcombe, Columbia State Professor of History. Because it was Governor Clement and his Commissioner of Education, J. Howard Worf, who created the community college system in Tennessee, we thought it fitting to invite the congressman to speak at Tennessee's first community college and in Columbia State's building named after Governor Clement, he said. The presentation is an opportunity for the community to visit with and listen to the former congressman who has a unique connection to Columbia State. We're looking forward to hearing what Congressman Clement has to say about his life and career and the legacy of his father, Dr. Gidcomb said. The presentation is free and open to the public. It will take place on March 30th at 4 p.m. in the Ledbetter Auditorium located in the Clement Building on the Columbia campus. Murray Alliance is kicking off their 2023 Breakfast with the Mayor series in Spring Hill with Mayor Jim Hageman. The series will feature a different mayor each quarter on their home turf for a question and answer led by Murray Alliance president Will Evans. The event with Mayor Hegeman will take place in the dining atrium at Worldwide Stages this morning at 8 a.m. If you've got 15 minutes to get there, to submit a question or topic in advance, email nperry, that's N-P-E-R-R-Y, at com. Tickets are $20 for members and include breakfast. Hosted by the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation and presented by First Farmers and Merchants Bank, the annual Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot will take place Saturday, April 1st at Riverwalk Park in Columbia. Proceeds from the 2023 Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot provide funding for Murray Regional's health. Mobile Medical Unit, which delivers health care services to at-risk and underserved individuals throughout southern Middle Tennessee by providing basic health screenings, education, and resources. A portion of the proceeds from the Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot will also support the Foundation's Wellness and Aquatic Center Healthy Living Endowment and the Columbia Parks and Recreation Department. In addition, the Murray County School, with the most participation in the event, will receive a donation to their PE program from the Foundation. The Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot is a great tradition for both Murray County and the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation that helps support our mission of providing important healthcare services for individuals who may not otherwise be able to obtain care. Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore said, We are excited to host the Mule Kick 5K and look forward to an exciting race, he said. On Saturday, April 1st, the race will begin at Riverwalk Park in Columbia with an 8 a.m. start time for the 5K and a 9.15 a.m. start time for the 1-mile trot. Both runners and walkers are encouraged to participate. Participants may register for the race online at www.runsignup.com forward slash mulekick5k. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have rain with intermittent showers throughout the day today. The high will be 60 degrees with winds out of the south at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Rainfall will amount to about half an inch. Tonight, we can expect overcast skies and a low of 56 degrees. Winds will be out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to southern Middle Tennessee today.
3: When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family.
1: What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy. We made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance...
4: Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia.
1: Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you've given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrenshome.org, for more information. This is Brian
5: King from Tennessee Children's Home. The mules are back in town. Mule day 2023. The wagon train departs on Wednesday headed to Murray County Park. Attend all four days Thursday, March 30th through Sunday April 2nd. Mini Mania show and the log pulling competition Thursday at 12 noon with the feed time race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m. Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the driving mule show and at 6 p.m. the gated mule state championship. Saturday is a big day the mule day parade on west 7th street in downtown columbia at 11 a.m sharp then pony mule pulling at noon mule pulling tennessee state championships and the skillington draft mule show at 2 p.m on sunday we have worship at 9 a.m the riding mule show at 11 a.m and gospel singing at noon did i mention friday and saturday ham and white bean plates are at only 10 bucks from 10 a.m to 5 p.m visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of mule day events
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. The Tennessee Senate on Monday greenlit a transportation plan backed by Governor Bill Lee that would funnel more than $3 billion into infrastructure projects in the state. If the plan is given final passage, each of the Tennessee Department of Transportation's four region would receive $750 million to cover infrastructure issues. Though some opponents of the plan have criticized the distribution by region, arguing that equal pots of money should be distributed on a per capita basis to account for higher populations and related congestion issues, the legislation received largely bipartisan votes through the committee process this year. Senators voted 26 to 5 for the plan, with a mix of Republicans and Democrats opposed to the measure. The House version of the bill, House Bill 321, could be up for its final committee vote this week, possibly clearing the way for final passage by the end of the month for one of Lee's major 2023 priorities. The bill institutes new electric vehicles fees to offset lost gas taxes to be paid with vehicle registrations that would start at $200 until 2027 and then rise to $274. The statute could adjust the fee to match inflation thereafter. Lee's plan also calls for public-private partnership to establish toll lanes, or what Lee's administration calls choice lanes, which would be express lanes that charge drivers usage fees. Senator Becky Massey, a Republican from Knoxville, argued the choice lanes are different than toll roads, as the driver will have an option to pay for an express lane or drive on an existing lane for free. It is similar to TSA PreCheck or Disney FastPass, where you can decide if you want to do it or not, Massey said. Fees are never charged in, a general purpose la- in the general purpose lanes, and the number of free lanes are never reduced, she said. Senator Brent Taylor, a Republican from Memphis, said Tennesseans could face a $0.93 cent gas tax increase to similarly fund road updates without Lee's transportation plan. This is a good step forward. We cannot keep having conversations about roads. We have to be innovative, Senator Ramesh Akbari, a Democrat from Memphis, said in support of the bill. This is a good first step. At least two Republicans expressed opposition to partnerships with private companies from foreign countries. Massey said any country on the U.S. sanctions list would not be allowed to contract with TDOT. A private firm may enter into a lease agreement with TDOT, but note Tennessee will always own the road. Massey said. After a moderate price hike heading into last week, gas prices across the state are once again trending lower and fell an average of six cents over last week. The Tennessee gas price average is now three dollars and nine cents, which is a penny less expensive than one month ago and ninety five cents less than one year ago. Gas prices are continuing to fluctuate across the state. But it's not all bad news for drivers. Significant losses in the oil market last week helped push pump prices lower across the state, said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA, the Auto Club Group. Typically, when we experience times of increased demand alongside tighter gasoline supplies, we would expect pump prices to trend higher. However, lower crude oil prices seem to have mitigated this effect. Unless market fundamentals rebound this week, lower crude oil prices could likely be an indicator that pump prices will move lower again Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Nearly everyone knows the music of The Temptations. Hits like My Girl, Get Ready, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, and Papa Was a Rolling Stone are part of our collective musical lexicon. The eponymous Broadway smash Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptation," which plays at TPAC March 21st through the 26th, tells the story of the group's journey from its rocky beginnings in Detroit to its rise to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You can see the show at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center in Nashville, Tickets range from $45 to $130 and can be purchased at www.tpac.org. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.